Welcome to Peripheral Thinking, the series of conversations with academics, advisors, entrepreneurs and activists, people all championing those ideas on the margins, the periphery. Why is this important? Well, as the systems on which we've depended for the last 50, 60 stroke thousand years crumble and creak, people increasingly looking for new stories, new ideas, new myths, if you like, that might guide and inform how they live and work. So in these conversations, we take time to speak to those people who are championing the ideas on the margins, championing the ideas on the periphery, those ideas which are going to shape the mainstream tomorrow. Uh, And our hope is that you're a little bit inspired, a little bit curious enough to take some of these ideas and bring them back to the day to day of your work and your life. Now, uh, I came to your work via um, a kind of project collaboration I'm involved with, with with Dan Burgess, who's also been on the on the podcast and was kind of lucky enough to see uh, a teaching of yours, a, a kind of sharing of yours a few weeks ago. Uh, and so really excited to get the opportunity to speak to you. Mm, thank you. So uh, one of the things that I was kind of mentioning this to you before, kind of, I'm really curious to kind of understand a little bit more about your work. I like the fact that I, I think so one of the headlines that I saw, there's definitely Troublemaker was written in there. Uh, and I, I like that kind of that that sort of invitation that that sort of descriptor. We say that's a, a sort of theme that runs through some of some of what you do. I think it's it's, it's difficult to know how to speak of oneself, how to speak of uh, what one does. I was watching a film last night, and they were taking the pace of this constable disruptor, and they they the glass onion is sort of like a mainstream sort of Hollywood film. And uh, I think it's, it's, it's sort of like w- what I'm trying to say when I say sort of troublemaker is sort of beginning, not antagonistic, but, but sort of like, I don't like capitalism. <laughs> Let's say it. And I think with, with troublemaker, it's sort of like saying the current operating system is, um, is, is, is functioning, is running, but we need to find ways to put the 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 spanner in the works and 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 the more that we do that consciously and sort of like we make that visible i think is i think i think is really important one of the phrases i use trying to is uh, is a friendly problem child um and so you know just kind of asking trying to ask difficult questions and what you were talking there reminds me of um, another one of the teachings actually on, on Dan's, Dan's thing, which was uh, Bio Akamalafi. And he was talking about just spending time in the spaces, in the places that, that capitalism ignores. So, you know, whether it's kind of the endings, whether it's with the, you know, the kind of people that the system kind of ignores and how you, the importance of spending time in those places as a way, as a kind of invitation into disrupting that system, disrupting those movements. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's also like, rather than sort of declaring oneself as aligned to this uh, sort of pattern, if you like, of uh, business and busyness and, and profit and all of that, and just saying, look, I'm exploring something else. I'm exploring something that is, uh, is, uh, is in the making. And I think every every time people people laugh or people find it really interesting, I think it's a it's, it's it's a good provocation. And I think it's 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 important just to find different ways to talk about the work that we do and sort of expand ideas and concepts, like from entrepreneur to troublemaker, from 
um, activist to um, I was introduced uh, recently in 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 Amsterdam as a stargazer. <laughs> and, and I found that really amusing because everyone was like, and this uh, curator who was presenting the evening, and it was and it was a full full house and loads of people. They're very high profile, very highbrow, and uh, I, I happened to kind of copy and paste in my in my biography somewhere stargazer. So Google obviously kind of threw that out. And then, and, and so I was introduced to this like very high profile sort of audience as Stargazer. And I found that that's really cool. I was like, sort of like immediately I was sort of like finding myself feeling all kind of cosmic and sort of inspired and guided by, you know, by the cosmos. Yeah, I like that. Stargazer, you need a business card with that on it. <laughs> uh, but it, it kind of, it kind of, it points to uh, you're kind of writing some of the things around kind of work there and the work you do. I'm kind of interested in uh, in sort of understanding the kind of range and breadth of some of the projects and work that you're involved with. Um, but I kind of thought a, a kind of interesting way of exploring that, and I, I mentioned this before before we started. Uh, I literally just today started reading a book which is called uh, The Tao of Civilization, which is by an ecological philosopher from Australia who's written an open letter to President Xi, which is really a kind of an invitation to 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 the to China essentially to re-engage with its kind of Taoist traditions and Taoist kind of philosophy uh, as a possibility for the for the country to kind of own a, a kind of moral and spiritual position that actually many many people from around the world particularly young people would uh, would would kind of would would buy into would ascribe to and actually the importance for a civilization when it's you know when it's kind of growing that it's not just about economic and military might there does need to be a kind of something cultural at the heart of it which people can buy into which which talks to them and she makes this kind of very impassioned case that because of China's position with with Taoism in its kind of culture, in its history, that actually revisiting that might be, you know, A, hugely important as we try and wrestle with the civilization shift that needs to kind of happen, but also that kind of aligns with what China is, is trying to do. She talks in the beginning of the book about how well, her preference, of course, is to, well, of course, her preference would be just to spend time in her, uh, where, where she lives in northern Victorian Australia in the solitude and the quiet of that as a place to read, as a place to write, as a place to think and publish and share. Uh, but she kind of kept finding that there were these invitations coming from China, requests to collaborate, requests to teach. Uh, and she kind of felt, you know, in a sense that this was something that couldn't be ignored. And I'll, I'll just read a short paragraph as a as a a way to start as a kind of invitation to you, essentially. She's saying, look, there's no mystical denouement to this story. My three weeks spent walking from the staff hotel to the spacious campus did not change my life any more than my earlier, more picturesque sojourns in the Wudang Mountains or my pilgrimage to the utterly numinous queen of all Chinese mountains Tai Shan had done. Life is neither a fairy tale nor a mystical Taoist romance. But there are arguably poetic patterns Patterns of meaning that may be discerned beneath the often chequered ordinariness of everyday affairs. One might choose either to ignore them or align with them. If one aligns with them, then the contours of those larger hidden poetic patterns may become a little more discernible. That is all. I think there's a, there's a question of um, sort of seeking sanctuary. Um, I think Bio, Bio Como Laugh speaks 
that speaks of that. But just this sense of, um, yeah, how do we find respite in a compost heap? I think the feeling of like when this like huge uh, sort of monumental compost heap where kind of civilization is sort of like rotting and fermenting and, and there's some great kind of like rotten tomatoes and and also the like juicy, smelly bits. And uh, what's our role as sort of like uh, organisms and, 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 and sort of beings helping to, to, to transform this very great sort of hot mass. And I think in terms of like looking at my own sort of patterns of uh, work and inspiration, we can say, where, where do I kind of like ground my work and where do I uh, find space for integration? And we were talking earlier about Costa Rica, but basically, I think, yeah, it's just really important to be able to find uh, space to stop, to change rhythm and to embody these ways of knowing and being that we say we want. And, you know, we talk about, all, we, we use all these like great concepts to try to articulate, to try to gesture towards these uh, beautiful features. Right, and we talk about liberation, and we talk about somatic abolitionism. We talk about very different things, right? We talk about well-being, economics, collective liberation. There are ways that we are starting to 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 speak about um, and this beautiful alternative, these beautiful features, right? But I think also the more that we are able to have glimpses of that and sort of create and uh, collectively uh, sort of live these uh, spaces of rest, of inspiration, of playfulness, of joy, right, radical joy. Um, the more we are able to kind of like do this sort of exercise of archaeology of the future. Um, and, I, and, I, and I was thinking about this over the weekend because I was part of this festival here in Dartington and there was a lot of journalists, it was a Byline Times festival. And I was just reflecting on how we are sort of flooded with um, narratives that are about despair and, and, and fear and hopelessness. Um, so the framing is very clear, right? So we are bombarded with these uh, stories uh, that makes us believe that this is the building blocks of the house of modernity, to use uh, Vanessa and George's uh, sort of concept. But what about if we sort of like leave this tragic house and yeah, go to the garden and start to cultivate something else and build something else? And I think the, it's almost like it feels like it's, it's a trick, right? We need to kind of, it's, it's sort of like you're not going to break the spell unless you use some sort of like magic trick to kind of get you out of this sort of like uh, tedious, uh, overwhelming, um, this sense of density, right? I think, I, I think we all have this sense of like tipping points 
Oh my god, this like heat wave is, is, is crazy. We've never seen anything like it. Oh, the government is growing ever more uh, to the right and, and, and inhumane. And then um, inequality is, is crazy and, and inflation is sort of like suffocating us. And yet, yeah, there are things that we can do every day to kind of find sanctuary. And there are things that we can do also more... Uh, like temporary autonomous zone that we can create spaces where we can experiment what does a post-capitalist world looks like and I think for me places like Costa Rica or, 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 or even or even here around here in the southwest of the country being able to just dream together with other people about what this other worlds look like and feel like but actually try to kind of prototype, try to rehearse. Okay, let's pretend, let's fake it until we make it. <laughs> let's pretend we, we, we live in a post-capitalist world. Okay, here you go, there's a book for you, Ben. Or here you go, there's a, I have a phone I don't use. You, you can just have it. Or like uh, uh, my friend years ago gave me at some point, he, he's, he wired me 500 pounds, no strings attached. He said because he knew I was in a in 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 a sort of like a tricky uh, economic situation, and it was just like when it was just like so awesome, right? So I don't think it, it really takes um, it's 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 not it's not as hard work as we imagine. It's something that we can do every day, right? And I think it's and I think we can do it with anybody, but I think it's important to find a way where, where we can kind of create sort of reciprocity and sort of we are investing and we are cultivating with people we know, with people we trust, with people that are within our kind of like uh, niche, our nest. And then we can kind of like grow and, and sort of make larger experiments with that. But I think we need to start by creating a field that a social field where we can kind of like uh, give and receive, right? Uh, and sort of uh, experience, oh, wow, this feels really good. This is great. I want more, right? Oh, it wasn't, it wasn't so difficult. I just gave you like, I spent 50 quid and bought a bunch of books and, and I feel really good at giving it to you. And then uh, you enjoy reading those books and then we can share them anyway. Yeah, it's beautiful, isn't it? Because it's sort of, um, you know, on the on the kind of one, you know, I love the what you're talking about there. The sort of the invitation to play, the invitation to sort of generosity, the invitation to like all all of these these kind of ideas, which basically kind of run like you were talking about in terms of what we're fed generally as a kind of culture, particularly here in in the UK. You know, what we're fed as a culture, which of course is the antithesis to all of those things, and in some respects. Um, my first thought as you were sort of talking is, God, it's amazing how far away people are from creating these spaces of play, creating these spaces of, of kind of joy. But then as you were sort of going on talking, actually kind of reminded and pointing to that actually creating some of these experimental places, creating some of these uh, these kind of these 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 kind of moments actually is kind of hugely accessible. Uh, and hugely and, and really kind of possible. Uh, so, would you say that the, this idea of kind of creating these is the kind of a core part? Is is essentially what the core of your work is? I think it's it's it's, it's in a way if, if we were to 
sort of put in a in a presentation. I think they sort of like ideas, stories and culture, and then you have sort of practice, community of practice. So you have like so so I think I would say my work has this sort of three component and three areas and they kind of feedback to each other. So there is a I think at the center the need to 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 have spaces for ideation, spaces for thinking, uh researching for my friend my friend Arno Lada who I work very closely with he talks about we need to be good students of our times we need to and um, we are contextual beings if we don't understand the the soup we are in it's is 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 much harder to to try to change it to try to add different ingredients to put more water to put more uh, spice so i think first and foremost we need more spaces to be able to create and to think differently um and and and, and if you look at history is uh, it's not rocket science capitalism neoliberalism these extreme forms they are uh, created they are uh, research they are planned and, uh, and 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 gestated in 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 the spaces in 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 and, and led by donkeys uh, here in this country has been showing how right-wing uh, think tanks uh, are behind some of the immigration policies that the government is now about to pass, how the economic policy uh, uh, in, 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 in the US that then later influenced what happened in Chile, where I come from, that now uh, are sort of being implemented here in the UK. and. And how um, there was a group of people who spent a huge amount of time, money, resources, researching, planning, thinking, and imagining, right? And so, how are we going to create the alternatives? How, what those alternatives are going to look like, and where they're going to sort of uh, uh, put down roots? We need to be able to create spaces, we need to be able to fund. Uh, resource and create those spaces where we can kind of imagine alternatives, right? Not not how we're gonna just stop and resist harm, and and sort of like stop destructive so the economic system, but also how does regenerative systems look like? How do healing systems look like? Um, and feel like and work like, right? And then from there, I think there's a part of like, how do we tell the story? How do we socialize the system, these policies, this work? And I think a lot of my work is um, also trying to bring this into the mainstream. I think I'm interested in how do these ideas are, and they are resonating with people, right? Like this idea of uh, well-being economies is something that is not, is, 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 and people love it. People are like, you, you say, hey, what about a system where you actually learn about happiness? And are, you know what I mean? Uh, you, you, the conditions for happiness uh, are, are sort of like visible there and, and sort of productivity and accumulation are sort of part of it. But actually there's a system that sort of like helps you in, 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 in your own sort of task of, of having a good life. People are like, 
amazing. <laughs> I'm all down, all down for it. And then, yeah, how do you actually implement it, right? How do you get some land? How do you build a, a, a community land trust? How do you create a co-op house where it's, it's, it's also in a trust and people can share? How do you create a co-working space that is sort of people with different incomes pay differently and and and, and 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 there are ways that we can create reparation regeneration and and we we kind of like do what we say we are about right because i think it's sort of like easy to kind of wear a t-shirt and, and be like i am <laughs> the gener regeneration generation or whatever right like, let's do it let's actually make it happen right like because i think it's sort of like it's almost like it feels like we're all in, in this kind of like cocoon phase, right? Um, of the compost process, we are a little bit like, oh my god, this is like so horrible. I hope I'm gonna kind of like, you know, what I mean, come out under the duvet and it's gonna be over, right? This nightmare of kind of climate, <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, but also like we need to kind of like come out the duvet and actually like. Yeah, go and get the ice cream from the from the fridge, or like you. We need to do stuff, right? We get we 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 need to kind of like, yeah, like shake out the fear and just sort of like go and do it. No one is coming to the rescue. Yeah, I think it's beautiful. I had a conversation uh, on the podcast with Daniel Pinchbeck. Do you know Daniel Pinchbeck? Mm -hmm. And uh, he, we were having the conversation actually about a lot of the the context you were talking about. There, he he was mainly talking about the last sort of uh, 50, 60, 70 years and the the kind of coordinated effort of a very small number of people on the right wing to control the kind of social, uh, economic and political narrative, essentially as a, as a coordinated set of activities. In response, he was talking about it, kind of bubbling up in response to the um, the kind of civil liberties movement in America in the in the sixties and seventies. So this kind of coordinated, concerted, you know, organized response to control the narrative through think tanks, through universities, clearly using kind of you know finance generated from their companies to really control the narrative. And you kind of see that, of course, like all the examples you just talked to there, you see that kind of playing out, you know, all, all over actually, and how how terrifyingly effective they were in doing that. And the, the conversation we were having, like in response, you know, kind of in a way sort of disappointing that the left didn't kind of meet that challenge in the same kind of way. Like, how can we be more coordinated? How can we be more kind of organised? How could we take the same sort of approach? But kind of taking that on a stage, which you were also talking about there, he, he was talking about, you know, the need essentially to, you know, to go get the ice cream. I mean, he didn't use that phrase, but like what you were talking about there, rather than just sort of sitting around, you know, he was saying, you no, know, there are all of these pockets of experimentation happening around the world. You know, people trying things, people trying new ways of organising socially, people trying new ways of kind of living. And in a sense, one of the things that might best happen is working out how to, you know, kind of breathe life and support into those experiments, but also work out how to start connecting those up so that there is there is some, um, I guess, kind of benefit of kind of mass that comes from stitching some of those things together. But again, it, it talks to a very similar thing that you're talking to, actually, which is the need to be trying stuff, the need to be doing, the need to support the people who are doing, because in a way, also, this kind of links somewhat, I guess, to 
part of what we were talking about before the we started recording on the podcast, like uh, Jeremy's Lent, Jeremy Lent's invitation at the end of his book, you know, people increasingly looking around for new stories. And in a way, this is what you're talking about is stories in practice. How do I how do I kind of live? How do I function? How do I kind of relate to people? And actually, the more support we can give to the people who are trying those things, the easier it will be, of course, for other people to find their way to those things. Yeah, and it, and it's sort of like this this cycle of like thinking, articulating, sort of like telling an initial story of, you know, I mean, like a one pager sort of of, of what we're what, what we're doing because there's so there's so many areas of sort of uh, life right where we can kind of innovate there's health there's food systems there's transport there's uh, well-being there's uh, youth there's like an, an incredible amount of different areas where we can be doing interventions and and and, and trying and trying new things Rebecca Solnitz uh, puts in a, in, in, in a beautiful way and she, she talks about mycelium, right? So she talks about um, mycelium sort of grows underground for a long, 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 long time and, and takes ages to kind of uh, mature. And when it matures, there's a fruit, the fruiting, that's the actual mushroom. And I think with social movements, and, and she makes this analogy with social movements, right, that there's a huge amount of moving and weaving and connecting and pollinating, and there's a huge amount of back and forth and and, and uh, work, uh, sort of connecting and, and, and building these alliances, right? And then at some point... Then you have something like whatever Black Lives Matter, so the Me Too movement, and and I think it's also like different ways of working. Like the the I was just thinking as you were speaking, um, the amount of like the bodies, if you like the one percenters, the the big billionaire corporations, a corrupt politician. If you put all the kind of like this like uh, people kind of together. They're just very noisy, you know. What I mean, it's like when you're like in a in a party and there's someone who is really drunk and really annoying and is really wasted and it's sort of like it's a little bit like that. It's sort of like and my friend also talks about this. It's like the the system is self defeating, right? The system is, and if you look at if you look at it from like the perspective of social science. The science of the the imminent science of civilizational collapse is that the civilization grows, 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 grows and kind of needs more resources, more resources, more resources, and then sort of like collapses, right? So, in a way, and there's there's a film called Generation Wealth that kind of shows that and how like follows a super wealthy uh, hedge fund manager and, and, and his journey of like growing, 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 and then kind of losing all the business and his family and it's all a big freaking mess. So, so I think in, in, in that sense, let's say the kind of the old system, capitalism, this, this, this uh, very linear, self-destructive, self-obsessed, cannibalistic Right to use this this concept wetico, right? This this sort of like an realistic spirit is sort of like in a way in in its way out 
And I think what we need to be concerned really is like, yeah, how do we continue nurturing that mycelium thing? And how do we continue helping this fruiting happen? And I think, um, yeah, in an ideal world, <laughs> all the good people <laughs> like us, let's say, <laughs> all the good people wakes up and kind of <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And in the next election, woohoo, we you know what I mean, we kind of change <laughs> the kind of like the, the political system considerably and we vote very tactically and then we organize ourselves in such a way that we uh, uh also exert pressure in our kind of local uh sort of councils and we we kind of push companies and in you know what I mean, in, in this sort of like ideal well, we can do so much. And yeah, there's a bunch of things that are already happening that are extraordinary. And I think if you look at if you look at what's happening with, with, with some of the narratives that have been articulated by some of the young sort of climate justice activists, uh, and I'm very close and I'm very part of many, many, many of those communities, there is something great sort of fermenting, right? And I think the the speed to which the big shift is going to happen is going to depend, again, in, in, in how invested we are, in how mobilized we are, in how committed we are, in how, I think, personally and individually, we kind of embody these ideas. And I think it's difficult because we I think we both go through this contradiction of, like, or maybe I should save some money for my <laughs> when I'm old. <laughs> maybe the system is never gonna collapse, and I need to kind of like have like a little bit of money just in case, you know what I mean? Or maybe you know what I mean? And sort of like we we go uh, between sort of like feeling really hopeful and like okay, I'm gonna do some really cool stuff today, and then I'm like, oh no, I just kind of like need to change my car tires and <laughs> it's going to cost me a lot of money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's sort of like, so I think basically, I think it's sort of like changes underway, changes happening. How do we can uh, enhance, support, encourage the transition? Yeah, it's it, 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 it sort of like, it depends. I, I don't think it's also like for everyone to kind of play the same role. I think we all have different roles. Some of us, pollinators and and are kind of like uh, playing a particular role of like connecting and some others are funding and some others are uh, articulating and some others are storytelling and some others are healing and repairing so I think we all have our own role and I think the more that we just not talk about it but we actually like come together and do stuff and and continue doing it because it's also like it's sort of like ideas and then action and then sort of like we can tell the story wow that was really cool that was a little bit boring and then you know what i mean and just we are able to reflect right yeah. but it's sort of like this is it's sort of like a new layer it's a new sort of like uh thing that we kind of feel is cool but we don't really know until we we, we do it yeah and then reflecting on it one of the things that was coming up as you were talking there uh, about everyone having a different role, you know, some people pollinate, some people connecting, some people articulating, some people funding, um, some, you know, whatever it, it kind of may be. I was kind of reminded of one of the things you were saying right early on in, in the call, uh, in, in our conversation where you were sort of talking about how you sort of thought about your time. You know, there's some time for thinking, there's some time for articulating, there's some time for doing. And in a sense, 
you know, so many people are just so busy the whole time, they would have no idea whether they were the connector, whether they were the storyteller. I mean, so they know somewhere in their heart, but of course, the overwhelmed by a tsunami of busyness, I have no idea where on that sort of spectrum of opportunity I might best kind of fit. And I, it kind of reminds me of uh, one of my children is 12, and uh, I was reading him at just a little thing from a, a book which was written by a um, a Korean a Zen monk, and he has in that kind of beautiful Zen way all these kind of little quotes at the end of the throughout the book. And one of them was talking. It was it was in a chapter that was written for my young friends, and uh, it was sort of saying in there about um, you know the importance of kind of, sort of experimenting, the importance of not chasing. You know the idea about what you're kind of told are the right professions because you know there's thirty. And he was sort of made you know there's thirty thousand possible jobs in the world. So take time to sort of explore and experiment with what might be the right job for you. Because actually, you know, if you take the time to do that and you understand what contribution you want to make and how you're best able to do it, which of course allows people to, to kind of come to the place of understanding what my role might best be with this. Because in a way, that's the other thing that needs to happen is more people need to find their way to what actually their best role might be. Uh, which, you know, they're kind of buffeted away from in the kind of day-to-day -day of the culture we live in here, particularly in the kind of in the West, in the UK. Yeah, I think it's, I think, I think it's, there's two things. I think there's sort of like, again, the sort of the spell of capitalism that in a way makes us feel like we're all just little ants <laughs> working in the big... <laughs> we're part of this big uh, ant, ant nest and we're all kind of just like insignificant freaking ants who are just like, you know, producing more for our kind of um, ant masters, you know what I mean? Out there, the king, king ant. Oh my God, I'm just working really. And, this, and it's sort of like, it's just, <laughs> yeah. it's, just, this, it's just like sort of like, you want to kill yourself, you know what I mean? It's horrible. The feeling of like, my, my, my role is insignificant in society. My contribution is insignificant. Because I think yeah, we're so much sort of in a way culturally defined by who who you are, right? And then going back to this first question, what what are you, Ben? Oh, I'm a troublemaker. You never you would never say that because it's sort of like everyone would be like, yeah. oh my god, like what's the freak? So I think there's a, there's a question of like within this sort of like spell of capitalism, yeah, understand that. We all care so much. We all kind of like, uh, like with 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 COVID, right? The zombie apocalypse that like everyone was sort of like f fearing for, you know, what I mean, sort of dreading. It didn't happen. Everyone was like really nice to each other, and like somehow this like extra sort of like layer of uh, care and thoughtfulness and compassion sort of like suddenly not from the from the again from the kind of the the old guard who just sort of like turn into like big vampires and suck life out <laughs> of like this like great opening of sorts you know what i mean so i think that there's a sense of like human beings are naturally caring and and they have compassion and i think also what, what is happening is like our generation for the first time we have like this choice right this question of purpose 
am I right livelihood, right? How do we find what we are good at, what we love doing, what is good for the planet, what's good for society? And then suddenly, yeah, we decide we don't really need to do anything. We just, the more that we're able to tune in with what is our function within this new sort of uh, structure is, this new, um, how do we turn from caterpillars to butterflies? And I think if we had more of that, if we had like, a, you can study at university how to be a visionary and a dreamer. <laughs> We've been talking about uh, in Dartington about doing a master's on climate justice, and it's sort of like, can we do a master's in uh, cross pollinating and networking? Can we do a, you know, what I mean, a PhD in resourcing? And and I've been working a lot, and and we were we were speaking about this uh, earlier on, right? Like there is um, there is so much going on in the world of philanthropy in the world of one percenters yes we see this like big bad sort of aristocratic sort of beings who are like uh, are like t- 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 are like sort of scary and at the same time fascinating and at the same time just so evil right but I think at the same time we have within this kind of universe of one percenters people who are very 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 well off uh, billionaires and and uh, uh, wealth holders and 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 people who have a lot of economic uh, and otherwise uh, different forms of power there's a lot of transformation going on in there I was recently approached by a very, 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 very wealthy uh, queer um, sort of uh, heiress of, 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 a big, uh, of a big fortune, massive fortune. And, uh, and they wanted to, yeah, to figure out how to pay more taxes and how to, <laughs> they wanted to run a campaign <laughs> to pay more taxes. So I think we're also seeing some levels of like unprecedented sort of coming out and unprecedented sort of like that sort of in that sort of sector of society of awareness and and, and, and and a sense of like the 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 window of opportunity is very uh, precise and uh, and if we don't take this window of opportunity we're gonna miss it we don't have to say it's game over or it's end game but it's a sense of like this this there's a pivotal moment you take it and and then you will figure out what, what does it what does it look like? And I think for these very 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 wealthy people as well, there is also a sense of like okay accumulation, fine. It's not rocket science. You inherit a lot of money. You invest a lot of money. You accumulate. You accumulate. You accumulate. You accumulate. And then suddenly you are a billionaire. And then it's sort of like okay now we've been playing that game. Fine. Is, is kind of cool, okay, but then what's next? What's the consequences of all of that? What's personally and collectively, right? Because I think for, for, for a lot of people who, who are in that sort of situation, they also find it really hard a lot of the time to find meaningful connection, to know who do they can trust, who are their real friends, and sort of like, can we reinvent that function and imagine if like the, the, the ability and the sort of skills that take for someone who kind of climbed the system so 
incredibly well um, and fast. What if 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 do, those people put their sort of skills and 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 sort of uh, intelligence at the service of, of of the whole, right? And they become rather than sort of like kings of extraction and queens of like accumulation they become sort of uh, yeah emperors of generosity and they somehow manage to kind of like help you know what i mean accelerate this composting process and i think we are seeing that and this we were talking like a foundation suddenly is announcing that they're gonna spend down and, and i have a piece of uh, one of the quotes here uh, of of that article. We will relinquish control of our assets, including the endowment and all resources so that money can flow freely to those doing life-affirming social justice work. We will make space to reimagine how wealth, capital, and social justice can coexist in the service of all life now and for future generations. So we need more of that, really. We need we, we need more of like we're in this sort of like time when, yeah, we need to kind of like imagine the unimaginable. We need to do what's kind of like unthinkable and and uh, and I think, yeah, these uh, actions at the kind of top of the system are, are, are really influential in a way. But also, this we have all this also mycelium thing going on as well. So it's sort of like. Uh, it's, it's, it's like we mirror each other, right, all the time. We are sort of like, oh, wow, that was so cool. Oh, my God, I'm going to do, you know what I mean? I'm going to do whatever I'm going to do, right? But it's sort of like, but we mirror each other like that. Yeah, no, I love, I love that. I love how, um, I love the phrase, uh, uh, emperors of uh, generosity. I think we're, I can't remember the exact thing you used just there. We're kind of really, really kind of beautiful idea. And I love how, the, the kind of thought like to talking to the uh, the quote that you you offered from uh, Rebecca Solnit the the networks are, are doing their work and so uh, the ground on which the the billionaires sit the ground on which we all sit is changing is moving and so in a sense you know we're not we're not separate well in every sense of course we're not we're not separate from that it is doing its work on on those those people too one, one thing i was curious, curious about um because i just i think it'd be really great to kind of point to some examples you were talking about some of like the new narratives coming out of the climate justice groups for example what 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 are some of the things in there which uh, are kind of most sort of resonant for you and kind of most kind of if i was to kind of sort of point people to some of those things because I think in a way it's kind of really useful for people to be enthused to be inspired by some of these by some of these fruits which are bubbling up and so whether there's anything you would kind of point to specifically in that there is a kind of like a, a niche of young people that kind of like feedback from each other and I think in terms of where you find it I do a lot of digging I do a lot of like sort of like diving into Twitter, into whatever now, threads, uh, Instagram. I'm diving into this sort of like alternative sort of spaces where this 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 narratives, let's say, they're never going to come up in the mainstream media. They might come up at The Guardian or they might come up at some kind of like, they, they sometimes sort of mirror into the mainstream 
but a lot of the time um, they are not. And I think if I were to say what's interesting about these narratives, I think it's sort of like this, this a part where we talk about vulnerability, where we can kind of like reveal where we're having a, <laughs> I'm having a shit time. <laughs> Changing the world is bloody hard work. And, and just being able to kind of like... I'm tired. I need to go to bed. <laughs> I'm so tired. I go, <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's hard. It's hard to be an activist. It's hard to do the work that we do. So I think there's an element of vulnerability, but also I think an element of like, if you were to say these new narratives as well, and I, and I, and I kind of like, like to bring this idea of sort of how do we model the behavior, right? How do we sort of model the sense of like, yeah, we're really human, we are accessible, we are, we are real, we are not this sort of like super, super kind of like perfect role models, but, but we're just sort of like this paradox, this walking paradox. I was hearing this Australian activist speak on uh, Twitter the other day, Clover Hogan. And she was talking about fossil fuel, uh, the tactics, right? Denial, delay, deflection, and despair. And she just like framed it. She just totally nailed it. I was like, wow, this is like, she's so cool. Not just in sort of like saying like, look, yeah, the tobacco industry used all these fucking, uh, these techniques before. Now the fossil fuel industry is doing it. They're making, they're raking so much money they're not going to change like that. They already kind of missed the, the, the chance to kind of like do something about it. What we have to do, we have to shut them down. We have to kind of like organize. And we, she was saying something like, there's always been people who, who the oppressors, <laughs> this was the frame, right? The oppressors have never liberated the oppressed. The, you know what I mean? <laughs> you draw us an oppressor, it's it's never happened to to be like yeah guys you you're like yeah you're now free to go like we've changed our mind we've changed our mind <laughs> we're gonna join you guys we want to be the oppressed as well we want to play the game yeah we've made we've made a bad move we feel bad <laughs> exactly it doesn't we're really sorry no so this is never gonna happen so it's sort of like well it needs to happen and and, and she was framing it so well it's sort of like yeah. Changes always come from, from the ground up. Changes always been sort of propelled by people power. Um, changes always um, happening. That, that, that's the pattern, right? And I think being able to be very sober about that and, and, and be like, look, yes, the UN and, and COP28 now um, and all the scientists and the this and that, we can we cannot just wait for for kind of like that to kind of take us somewhere because we see in this there's so much um good intention at times but the the pace to which that is going on is very 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 slow compared to what we need to be doing right compared to what what this kind of emergent shift that's already happening in a way. So I think there's, there's an element of like uh, vulnerability. There's an element of like no more bullshit. It's like we understand now this is not going to happen. The fossil fuel industries, they're going to continue. 
uh, sucking it up until they they can. They are like ah, this is like uh, this image of addiction is I think is really useful to see. So the, they're they're freaking addicts. They ne- they're not gonna you know what I mean. They never gonna kind of like <laughs> go to go to like a re- rehab center because they're too 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 steep in the in the mass, right? So I think there's a sense of like vulnerability we need to sober up and understand that our our kind of like uh operating system is so kind of addicted to growth to power to money to it's so greedy so it's sort of like it's it's a lost battle it's a lost cause it's sort of like we shouldn't be concentrating and rearranging the shelf of the titanic and then I think there's the, the kind of like the last leg of this sort of new narratives. I think, yeah, the sense of like, how do we, su- it's sort of like superseding the current system, right? It's sort of like, how are we going to defeat this huge, powerful beast? Is by sort of like concentrating in, in sort of nurturing this little refuge, this little garden, this little sense of like, different worlds are possible because it's sort of like changes already underway in terms of the climate, in terms of ecological collapse. There is so much that has already been done, right? So I think we need to we need to be really aware that we and this is I can't remember whose phrase is it, but this we're living in the age of consequence. So we are we are we're screwed up. We have messed up with the with the atmosphere, we we have messed up with the oceans. We have messed up with the river. We have messed up with the land. We have messed up with so much for so long. It's the age of consequence. Our ecological changes, dysfunction, is gonna carry on for a while. So I think it's important. How do we create those little spaces of sanity and sanctity, right, in our cities, in in our communities? in the countryside, in anywhere. I think it's that sense of like, again, how do we embody the behavior? How do we model these new ways of knowing and being, new old ways of knowing and being that center care and reciprocity and generosity and vulnerability and all of that. So I think it's, 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 it's also that. And I think in terms of the narratives, I think yeah, the more that we're able to have this, because it's it's almost it's almost like it's a reframe of what we currently see, right? Because sort of like current narrative is is sort of like step up a lip, just get on with it, right? Like we need to soldier on techno fixes, uh, and then the system is gonna solve it. The UN is working really hard, and the UN now general secretary is like making all this like powerful statements and Westminster is, you know, I mean, trying to sort of sell us that they they are doing some really important stuff about the climate. And then I think there is a sort of like a, a vague idea of uh, and a vague sort of projection about the future as well that is sort of like very disembodied. So I think in a way the new narratives are kind of like a reframe of the of the kind of like old narrative, and I think it's it's also like they're they're they evolving all the time, and I think they are also like more colorful as well. I think there's a sense of like for me when I think about new narratives, it's sort of like they're very bipoc, they're very queer, they're they're not 
anymore this kind of white heteronormative uh, male middle age sort of narratives but they are like very very dynamic and very much centering the voices of voices who have been silenced and marginalized particularly in this capitalocene period and I, and i think this sense of like uh we need to reimagine and sort of redefine what it means to be human because I think it's sort of like we we have created this uh, very uh, damaging sort of social construct of like whiteness and race and and so in a way we need to now I think it's this question of like indigeneity is is sort of related with that sort of inquiry right of like What does it mean to be a human today in uh, to, <laughs> July 2023, right? Like, I live in Devon. I'm originally from Chile. I'm a fruit salad, meaning I'm, I'm a mix of very different ancestral lines. I have traveled and lived all over the world. Where is the place that I need to kind of protect and work and, and, and sort of care for here? Because here is where I live. And, and here's where I spend most of my time. Um, and, so, and so I think there is a sense of like uh, this phrase of uh, we are life itself, whether you, 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 you were the kid of a colonizer and a slave trader or whether you were the descendant of, of a mix of that or whether you are like indigenous. We are all sort of different sort of manifestation mycelium sort of lines of this great uh, source that is life and i think we have created this uh, social construct ram das talks about the spacesuit <laughs> i identify so much spacesuit it has a certain color it has a certain shape it has a certain sexual propensity it has it has so many different qualities and part of the the old narrative if you like is like we have identified so much with like i am a manchester city supporter or <laughs> i am christian and uh, this and that and i think this is a moment where we sort of like reckon and yeah reimagine And so to realize, because I think we're living very much in this sort of like fantasy world that only exists in our heads, right? We are kind of like the children of the empire and we kind of like believe somehow that we're still in this sort of like grand empire thing. And it's, and, and, and it's just, just in our heads. And so I think it's sort of like this question of like also making sense of who we are And the good things about what we have and like what your the, what your life is, where you are, the, the your community, your family, your closest friends, your local woodland, and this sense of like the kinship and our connection was severed somehow. We were colonized internally. The land was colonized. Our mind was colonized. Our body has been colonized. Our spirit has been colonized. How do we decolonize that? How do we exercise that very harmful way of thinking and being and, and find connection and build meaningful connection with ourselves, with the land, with each other? Where do people find you? 
I try to keep my sort of work fairly visible, but not too visible, maybe. So I don't know. They just they just find 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 some of my writings online anywhere. And then um, I'm often on the usual platforms and Instagram and Instagram and Thread and all of those, all of those, yeah, and yeah, Twitter and cool. I mean, another point I'd love because I could sort of I could uh, speak to you if I really. I'm really curious about all this the, that idea around kind of vulnerability, for example. It's just such a kind of powerful one because. In a sense, a lot of, and we won't use this as a kind of launchpad to a, a whole new thread of conversation now, but something for another day for sure. In a sense, it feels to me a huge part of like sort of capitalism's crazy march over the last sort of decades feels to me is kind of linked to that, actually. You know, this desperate need to fill a hole, essentially, that uh, that exists in us, you know, and like we were talking about the billionaires early, uh, earlier. And, it, and in a sense in some senses they've just got a much fucking bigger hole it's like i'm desperately trying to fill this sort of uh this kind of illusion of emptiness this sort of hole that i have inside me and i do with the the need to consume the need to acquire the need to fill myself up and it's kind of creates this compulsion which you know you also use the word addiction and in a way it kind of feels like these are the threads which have been kind of running through a lot and the idea about vulnerability feels like a key which sort of it's like the sort of judo move isn't it it's the the kind of the move which kind of flips all of that open reveals all of that for for what it is thank you what can i say i'd love to be able to speak to you again at another point and uh hugely appreciative of everything that you've shared and all of your work and uh yeah i just leave it with a thank you next next podcast we know we know where we go vulnerability but but it's true no it's, it's a big one, it's <laughs> yeah. A big one. yeah absolutely wicked Thank you again for listening. We really hope you enjoyed that conversation. As ever, if you like what we're doing, uh, if you think anyone, if you, anyone you know would benefit from listening to this conversation, enjoy it or dislike it even as much as you have, please feel free to share it. Uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to do that. The sharing is the lifeblood of this. Sharing and liking, I think, are the, the currency of our modern time. So if you take a moment to, you know, share it with somebody who you think would benefit, we hugely appreciate that. Or even take some time to write a review. Uh, irrespective, if you like what we're doing, you can find out more. If you search up peripheral hyphen thinking Dot com. You'll find your way to the podcast website. You can sign up there. You can register there. You can keep abreast of everything that we're doing. We'd be sure to keep you notified as soon as the next conversations go live. Meantime, thanks again for your time. Thanks again for your ears. Uh, and we look forward to you joining us next time.